Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam. Muggsy Bogues is with me. Muggsy, how you doing? I'm good, Sam. Man, I am doing so well. We had a great holiday. Christmas was beautiful to the Bogues family. So I'm excited. Yeah, same here. I had a little like an early Christmas. So my parents drove mm-hmm. into town. Uh, so on Christmas Day, kind of kept things low key and and safe and all that with what's going on in the world. Also, you know, I'm 31 now, so Christmas is a little different <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm just happy to have older. Yeah, I'm just happy to have the day off work. Really, that's that's the best gift. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But you know, everybody still loves to open up a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, just to you know feel like you know somebody do care for them, but. Uh, it is, you know, it's a it's a holiday. I always consider it's overrated, but um, you know, my kids are older now. My grandkids are kind of at that teenage stage too, so they really just want money, um, which they all do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, you know, like I say, it was it was a good day. Yeah, and quiet, yeah. safe, like you said, quiet and safe. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, pretty like I'm still. I've been to Charlotte for five years now. Mm-hmm. I'm from the Midwest originally, and I still quite can't. I can't. I still qu- quite can't get over how warm it is on Christmas. Uh, my first Christmas here was sixty degrees, and that blew my mind. Where it's, so you expect the next snow, huh? You're looking for that snow to yeah. come down and yeah, freezing wet, that freezing mist, uh, that that freezing. Uh, what you, you say, Midwest? Yeah, Midwest. So yeah, like uh, yeah, Midwest. Yeah, that sub zero temps. It's brutal. It can that, be brutal. That wintry mix but, and all that stuff. Yes, yes. But yes. here, it's but, just like, know, all right. In the Carolinas, we, have, we do have seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have seasons. You know, we consider our, we do consider the four seasons we do have and do experience. But, you know, sometimes we just have a little warmer winter than others. Yeah. And uh, when it does get cold, when, when, mm-hmm. for me now, cold is under anything under 40. I've lost all my Midwest tolerance. So anytime, like I'm, I have, when I walk my dog, I'm hoodie, coat, bundled up. I can't handle it at all. I think it's my yeah. my mom's Puerto Rican. I, I think it's my Puerto Rican blood, like really shining through when it gets really cold outside. <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to talk about my blood. <laughs> we're, talk, we're here to talk uh, about the Hornets. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. And you mentioned gifts earlier. We got three real NBA games as a gift from the NBA. Um, and a pretty big gift to cap it all off with a huge dub over the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Uh, a very unexpected and much appreciated W. Uh, we're going to get into all those games um, in this episode. We're going to talk about uh, the Hornets injury issues that are popping up right now. Um, and uh, just what we've seen from these games in general. Uh, you ready to get into it? Let's get into it. Let's discuss cool so let's start with uh the bad news first um right we lost the hornets will be without cody zeller for at least four to six weeks um mugsy what are your thoughts on his like his loss right now and bismack biombo kind of picking up the slack well you know unfortunately for the hornets organization they're accustomed to cody being out you know he's really hasn't had a full season since he's been in the lead and that's been uh, a knack on him. But for other guys, it's a matter of opportunity. You know, I've met or been able to get some minutes and been able to step up. You mentioned Biz Mac Yumbo. He got to really step his game up. I think he really 
did that that last game against Brooklyn, being in the right place at the right time, you know, moving without the basketball. The guy's been able to find him. He gave him easy baskets underneath. Uh, He's going to have to continue to do that. And he also going to have to be able to continue to protect the paint, rebound the basketball. And, and collectively, they're going to have to do it as a unit. And I think um, by Cody being out, because Cody was that intangible guy. He, he the guy that be on diving on the floor, constantly get the rebounds, constantly banging, you know, and that's probably one of the reasons he constantly get always get injured. So I think collectively as a unit, everybody going to have to do their part. And I think Biz is going to be the lead, going to have to be at the helm today. Yeah, um, I got to be honest. I was a little disappointed not to see, to have not seen Vernon Carey or Nick Richards at this point get some NBA minutes. But I have to, I have to remind myself, these guys are rookies. Absolutely. Um, it's going to take some time for them to get involved. Uh, yeah, that's which seems to be a theme. That yeah. just a, a friendly reminder to all Hornets fans out there. We're just three games in. It's, it's a long season. Yeah, and, and coach is trusting his rotation right now, and I think he got his set rotation. You know, with McDaniel's and uh, and Cody and um and Caleb coming off the bench and Melo coming off. So I mean, he got his rotation. He I guess he wanted to really stick with that, and that's showing some consistency and chemistry is building uh, uh, within that. Um, those guys, you know, got to continue to remain professionals. Uh, their opportunities will come, and that's what NBA professionals being all about. You know, when your opportunity comes, you got to be ready, regardless how many games you played and how many games you haven't played. Mm-hmm. And um, sticking with the uh, injury news, this one's a little more, well, not little, a lot more positive. Uh, PJ Washington left the game early uh, with an ankle in- injury. He's back practicing, so I don't know how, if he'll miss any time. Like, I don't know if they'll bring him off the bench when they take on the Mavericks um, on Wednesday, but. PJ, PJ's injury not being as bad as it could have been is great news. Yeah, it is great news. I mean, anytime you twist that ankle, though, know, it could be bothersome and it can linger on. And hopefully, you know, they can continue to get as much treatment he can before Wednesday. And I'm quite sure the trainers and organization are going to look at it and see if it's something that they can kind of set him out this game and let him get a lot more, a little more time to rest out because it is it's a long season. We're just three games into it. And we need P.J. going forward, especially with uh, Cody being injured. Uh, we can't afford both of them being out a long stretch of time. And I'm quite sure that the organization is going to kind of monitor him going forward and make the best decision for him um, come game time. And I feel bad because um, he he had a, a slow start to the season. He's talked about it. He's admitted it. Um, and when when you're on the shelf, you don't get a chance to redeem yourself. Like, you're just kind of waiting for your opportunity to get back in there. And then – to like to prove like you know you can play better and I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad he's back because he showed I, up huge on he showed up huge against Brooklyn yeah you yeah, know and that was that you know after the two losses you know against uh you know OKC and Cavaliers I mean he stepped up I mean 18 points I mean that's what he need to continue to do uh, especially with uh, Haywood leading the charge oh yeah like, uh, PJ has a really strong chance to really fill up the stat sheet. Um, this this year playing multiple positions for the team. So it's good news. He'll be back sooner, um, sooner than later, which is always nice. Yes. But the Hornets, though, got off to a rough start, to say the least, against uh, the Cavaliers and the Thunder, two teams I said on this podcast would be favorable, to say the least. <laughs> like those matchups were favorable, to say the least. Hey, Cavs beat the Nets as well. I mean, they just they yeah. got another win. I mean, yeah. Saxon, those boys are 
I'm playing some good basketball. The guards, Garland. Um, you know, nice. God play. Uh, as they've, they've been playing pretty, pretty strong. And then with uh, Drummond down there in the middle, um, uh, and Kevin Love coming back. So, mm-hmm. you know, that could be a, a team that could be really scary, you know, early on in the season. You don't want to kind of catch them because teams trying to get out early and establish themselves. So, uh, but against OKC, we felt like we was going to win that one. Um, considering all the things that went on with their organization, you know, so many bodies, you know, left out of the organization, considering what they did in a bubble, making the playoff, you know, Chris Paul and so forth, and Schroeder. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, credit to them guys. They came in with the right attitude, uh, was able to, uh, you know, create uh habit for the, for the Hornets and, and got a win, snuck a win out of it. But, you know, what I like about it, the Hornets, they hang, hang their hats. Um, they fought back and had opportunity to win that game, even though they was down so much, came back and almost won. But they came back against Brooklyn and really continued that momentum. And that's what I love about the young guys not hanging their heads over that loss. Yeah, like they, that team, that, that game was so fun to watch against the Nets because um, I was sitting in, in my live stream um, hoping for the best. I had... Tons of Hornets fans in there, some Nets fans. Uh, and then I saw the, well, I read the panic in the Nets fans' texts as the game went along. Nets fans were coming in there. They were talking mess about the Hornets. <laughs> they, were, uh, they, were, oh. they were so upset, which made me feel better, like so much better. Like I felt like I was winning the game too. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then um, just, Muggsy, how, how, like important is that kind of bounce back to not only bounce back like the Hornets did with a win, but against a team like the Nets, like avoiding that losing streak and proving to the rest of the league that your team is ready for it. Well, I mean, and for a young team, you would expect, even though they got some veterans, which in Bismack and, and Haywood, uh, but they relatively majority of their young team. You would think they would hang their heads, but again, that momentum carried over from their OKC. They felt like they could have came back and won that game, came up short, mm-hmm. and they just came out and collectively, they really, you know, felt like they can play with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, even though Kyrie and and KD had you know twenty eight and twenty five good games, mm-hmm. um, still wasn't enough because the unit, all five of them starters, you know, was able to be in double figures. They shared the basketball, you know, and that's what you got to do. And then, hey, boy, like I say, you know, he really led the charge. He got 28 points. Um, he can create opportunities from behind the arc as well as the mid-range. And he put so much pressure on your defense when, when he able to do that, going downstream um, and, and pull up at the mid-range, which is not so much heard of in yeah. today's game. You know, it's more or less the around the, the three-point uh, three range. But – he had that ability to, 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 to go to the basket as well as pull up for that mid-range and put pressure on uh, your defenders. And I think that's what helps a lot of the young guys because now they can kind of get to their space and get to their place. And then sometimes where you know you need a basket, they got a veteran can go get it. And, uh, and that's what I, again, liked about the way they play, how they shared the basketball, how they minimize their turnovers. Uh, this time and didn't allow them guys to get out into some open uh, transition baskets. 
The dog is going nuts in the background. Apologies. Uh, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Part of the family. All it takes is one random door to open or close, and it's all right. He's like, oh, I need to protect this house all of a sudden. Yeah. So um, you mentioned the Thunder game. Uh, I want to give some love to Miles Bridges because his fourth Oops. quarter was insane. 14 points in the fourth quarter showed um, like the, the miles that we all hope to see this season. And hopefully we, we get, to, get to see more of this Miles Bridges because his role right now is off the bench. And the idea of having a dynamic score as the sixth or seventh man is a great place to be for the franchise going forward. Like, it's a great tool to have in the tool bag. Yeah, and with his skill set, I mean, having him taking on that role, it's really big on him, and I, I honor and I credit him to that because that's going to allow him to grow as a player. Um, you know, he had a rough start early on in that game in the Brooklyn, but, you know, again, came back that second half, uh, even in OKC. Mm-hmm. Bam, he just knocking out, knocking that shot. Yeah. And then he just really just felt uh, fed off of that. Uh, his confidence has continued to grow. He, they know, and he know that they need his scoring. They need his productivity night in and night out. And that's what being a professional is all about: uh, coming in and being consistent. And uh, I think he's gonna learn that from a guy like Haywood. You know how being around a guy like that, how to come in and conduct yourself. And he might, be, he definitely will be in the conversation. You know that six man award if he continued the growth. And continue to listen to the people that's around him that's giving him that proper advice uh, because he got so much, you know, potential. You know, you saw the pass that Melo gave him, you know, alley-oop. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't an alley-oop. He just caught it and located where the basket is to make sure that, hey, I need to go and throw this thing down and was able to flush it in. And, uh, and that's the ability, the talent that that young man possessed. So I'm looking forward to seeing him on many nights, um, having nights like that. Yeah, and um, Terry Rozier has just been a madman uh, thus far. But 42 points against the Cavs. Um, he's he's at, like he's on he's averaging 26 right now, I think, a game. And this type of production on Terry Rozier, um, I don't know if it's sustainable or not, but I'm loving every second of it. And if he keeps this up, that's a real piece to have uh, to leverage this season. Like, I, I going into the – I was always like curious who would be like that number one option on the Hornets. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it shouldn't be Terry, not that it shouldn't be Gordon Hayward, but like it seems like Terry is like, hey, this is my team. And when things aren't working, he, we saw it um, in the Cavs game uh, where he's just, you know, I'm, I'm shooting this thing. Guys are sending picks yeah. for him. He's taking that shot. He's taking those shots fearlessly. Like, I'm loving that. I'm loving that out of him. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, so much, uh, they bring different skill sets to the game in terms, I mean, uh, different skill set to the game in terms of who probably will get that last shot. I think Gordon Hay will probably will have the ball in his hand more times than none um, because of the the, uh, the capability he's able to shoot behind the three, able to get to the basket as well as the mid-range, and they trust him in that regard. And Terry, you know, T has been on the road, and he has that capability of creating his own shot as well. And I think him and Haywood, you know, man in, in, in Boston uh, for, t- you know, for quite for, for a couple of seasons playing with each other. I think it gives them a lot of comfort zone playing with one another. You know, they feed off each other. They feel good out there. They know exactly where each guy like the basketball. And I think that Kim's going to help the other guys that's around them. And I think it showed in game three for sure. Um, 
T, as you alluded to, he is on the road. He got to mm -hmm. continue to keep that confidence. I hope he can sustain it um, because they're going to need it um, going forward. And, and, and D. Graham as well. You know, Devontae Graham got to continue to be aggressive, continue to look for a shot. And at the same time, when opportunities to get others involved, you got to do that because he had that skill set to do that. And I think, um, and Melo, of course, him as well. He has that ability to, 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 to get guys, make guys around him better. And, and, and I think I love him what Coach is doing with him. You know, Coach is really protecting him in a way where you can notice he bring him out out of the games, but is always on a positive note. It's something that he's did good and things that it ain't nothing he got to hang his head over. And then he's go back in the game with that same confidence and that still belief that, hey, something good can happen every time I put my hands on the basketball. And that's something that a coach can foresee from a young guy, a young, talented player like him. And, and I think Melo trusted. And I think he's trusted in the fact that coaches bring them along in a way where, you know, when things was rolling with the other guys, he got to let that go and let them guys go in and finish that out. But at the same time, still interject him and keep him, let him know that, hey, you're a big part of this. You know, stay engaged, you know, because we're going to continue to need you going forward. But you are the future. And your leadership and your understanding of it, it's going to mean a lot. So don't get down on yourself. Just know what's happening. And that's why, you know, communication is the key. And I think they had that. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. To any uh, Hornets fans that are angry that Melo's not playing more, to any LaMelo fans that are angry that think the Hornets are ruining his career right now, Oh no! listen to Muggsy. They're not. They're doing the best thing for him right now taking it slow he's 19 years old he just got here it's his third nba game no uh summer league four preseason like the kid needs some time it's for his best i guarantee you, he's gonna have games where he's gonna be out there for 25 28 30 minutes because the game he's gonna be having you know and an impact he's having on the game is gonna warrant that mm -hmm. so you know those are the type of things that you know i'm quite sure coaches will see and, and, and let that game flow in that direction and because, uh, you know, one thing about coaches, bottom line, they want to win. You know, it's yeah. all about they want to win. And if they see a unit out there that's clicking, that's gelling, and then at the same time that if it's a crucial part of the game, and especially coming out to the end, and they feel like this is the best way to close it out, he's going to leave them out there. Yes, and I, I do really enjoy Mello and Terry on the court at the same time. Uh, Terry's shooting ability combined with Lamella's passing is a nice pairing. I don't know what the starting five will look like this time next month, but if it's Terry and Lamello in the starting five with Devontae coming off the bench, that is a scenario that I think could be pretty deadly uh, depending on who we're playing. Um, I think there's some options, uh, some really, really good options we have as this team matures and, and develops. Yeah, well, Melo, he he must he he gonna have to step his game up to a whole new level to take over D Graham's spot, um, because you you bring you know stability, mm -hmm. you bring com uh, confidence as well as uh, understanding how to run your program, how to get everybody involved, and then you don't lose that veteran you know that's on the floor. Um, so I'm quite sure Coach got his hands on his pops on understanding when is the right time to make that that transition, that move. But, you know, right now I can't see it. And what do you think about, so people were asking me about 
centers. Um, so perfect world, Zellers, fit and healthy again. Um, mm. Is that a position where you see the Hornets making a trade or acquiring another another five at some point along the year? Um, for me, I'll, I'll say just like, let's let's wait and see. We don't know what we have out of Richards and Vernon yet. Um, we won't, we won't know for young, a while. Still young, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I can see Mitch pulling the trigger on that, getting a rim protector. Um, somebody that's mobile, uh, lingering, long arms, uh, whose flexibility, possibly also who can may stretch the floor, but if that may, that may not be a criteria, but if he can protect that rim and give the younger guys the opportunity where they get more possessions than, you know, than the custom, then that's something that they're going to reach. They're going to, you know, going to search for. Uh, no discredit to Biz Mac or, or Cody, but, you know, those guys, you know, are on a stature, smaller stature size on that regards. Um, but like I say, you see what the young fella down in Houston is doing woods, mm-hmm. you know, and that length like that, you know, and, you know, who knows? McDaniels is playing, you know, some good minutes. And, you know, and I love what he brings to the table. So, but who knows who's all out there? So we'll have to see what, you know, all reveals itself, but uh, I won't count uh, Mitch Kupchak, you know, in terms of doing his due diligence and seeing what's available. Yeah, so, like, just to, for me, at least, to put a bow on what we've seen thus far, like, I know the first two games are rough, but it is what it is. The first two games of the season, they're over and done with. We, we got a glimpse into what this team is capable of against the Nets. Um, it's the, it, That was the team we all expected to see and expect to see this year, I would say. Um, they're going to be tested once again, right back again with the Mavericks. Um, and then after that, they have the Sixers, I think. Let's see here. We got the Matt. Oh, the Grizzlies. Which, Grizzlies. by the way, John Morant get well soon. I know he left the game with a scary looking ankle injury. I don't know if mm-hmm. it, what the severity is, but I don't think we'll see him um, when the Hornets play them. But we have the Mavs, Grizzlies, and then the Sixers twice. So it's gonna get. It's gonna continue. It's not gonna get any easier. Basically, is what I mean. It's about to crank up. About yeah. to crank up. Yeah. It's about to crank up. But you know, hey, this is what the NBA is all about. Um, you know, you're looking for. The teams, uh, East Coast, West Coast, regardless of who it is, you just got to be ready to be prepared. And I think these guys feeling good about themselves, especially after that win. You know, let's now we got to build from that. And the next game is the Mavs, which is a real tough one. You know, with you know, with Luca you know, just coming off that big win. Oh man, the Clippers. that was scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they feeling good about themselves. So, uh, but hey, two teams feeling good about themselves going to match up. I like those battles. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm just—I know this is a Hornets podcast, but I'm psyched to see Luca play. Like, yeah, he's really fun to watch. Yeah. So that's what's one yeah. of the treats about the NBA, you know? Yeah, that's true. You get to see, you know, all the stars against one another, you know, against your your, your team. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how we come out the gate, how we continue to defensively try to, you know, put that wall up against, you know, uh, Luca. And not allow him to just do what he do, but it's hard because he's one of the best in the league. And the other guys, the supporting cast, you know, are, are shooting the balls the harder ways. And Trey Burke and those young fellas, the power. So we got to, you know, we got our work cut out. But I like our chances. And uh, guys got to go out there and believe and do what they did last game: share the basketball. We had five starters and double figures. That's a big plus. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I. I'm psyched. Uh, the game is tonight, as you're hearing this. If I'm 
not to break the fourth wall according to Susan. Yeah. Gave us tonight <laughs> as you're hearing this. So uh, we're excited to watch and we'll be back um, next Wednesday um, in the new year in 2021. If you can believe it, somehow it's 2021. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, if you like what you hear, do us a favor, uh, subscribe, leave us a rating on iTunes. It helps the podcast grow. Um, but yeah, Muggsy, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Well, again, you know, I enjoy our discussion about haunted basketball, Sam. It's always a treat. You know, I feel like I get smarter and smarter every time I talk to you. Uh-huh. You know, we have a good dialogue with each other. But again, you know, it's been great doing this. Again, for the folks that's out there, if you like what you hear, you like what you see, tune in, subscribe, because we're going to be here. We ain't going nowhere. It's Hornets basketball, one and only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.